Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen. Today's guest is an investigator with the Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, and has been an empathic medium since childhood. Angel Gonzalez is my guest, and I am really excited to share her story and experiences with you guys. Before we get to our conversation, I have some news to share with everyone. Anyone who has listened since the beginning can attest to my deep love and, at times, emotional connection to my pets, past and present. I have often joked with people that I am running a zoo over here. My home is never quiet, never spotless, and the environment is certainly never boring. I have two cats and two very large dogs, all of whom fill my life with so much love and adventure. All of these rambunctious, outrageously funny, sentient creatures are rescues who come with a story to tell of how we found each other, how they came into my house and made it a home. Over the years, I have had the honor and privilege of adopting from, working with, and even volunteering for animal rescue groups. It is tireless work, sometimes thankless work, and often heartbreaking work. But the members of these organizations continue to do what they do because they can't not help. For a while now, I have wanted to give back and somehow get involved by shining a light on animal welfare and rescue. Through the end of the year, I will be collaborating with the Whitman County Humane Society and using my voice to help spread the word on their mission here in the beautiful Palouse. WCHS values the human-animal bond, they provide stewardship for homeless pets, and they promote compassionate treatment of all companion animals. The kind of work that they do depends heavily on public donations and fundraising events, which unfortunately, due to the pandemic, many shelters were unable to host. Since that time, WCHS has gotten creative with some really cool events and ways that the community can get involved. Right now, through the end of September, they are hosting Cat Match Fever, which is a virtual fundraising event open to anyone, anywhere who wants to help out. They are trying to reach a goal of $5,000, and we can help them do that by making a donation and then challenging our friends to match it. So, my friends, I have just made a contribution of $25 to the Cat Match Fever event, and I challenge you to match me. For my local listeners, you can donate in person. For my listeners a little further away, uh, if you want to match me, you can mail it in or you can submit it through the website. For more information, you can visit that website at www.whitmanpets.org or shoot an email to board, B-O-A-R-D, board at whitmanpets.org. They have a really cool event coming up here in October, which we will talk about next time. But for now, let's show them our support and challenge our friends to do the same. All right, everyone, let's jump into our show. Please enjoy my conversation with paranormal investigator and empathic medium, Angel Gonzalez. 
I am so excited to bring my guest on this morning. Uh, we are recording in the morning, maybe evening when you're listening. Um, her name is Angel Gonzalez, and she is part of a paranormal investigation team. They are called Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group, or FOG. Uh, they've been running for about 15 years or so. Uh, she joined about five or six years ago. We will cover that. She also has certain sensitivities and abilities uh we talked before we started recording she doesn't necessarily like to label them but there sounds like there's some empathic uh, maybe mediumistic abilities um that we will cover as well i'm so excited angel welcome to the show thank you thanks for having me oh well it's it's my pleasure um our mutual friend jordan uh introduced us and and i i just couldn't be more excited so I guess uh, to start out, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you come from, all of that? So um, I'm Angel. I will soon be 51 years old in a couple of weeks. Woo! <laughs> Living my best life. Um, let's see. I'm married to Jose Gonzalez, and he started FOG 15 years ago. And he's a public speaker and he does lectures and he does a lot. He's amazing. He's the one that started FOG along with his friend, Tim. And Tim is the one that is our person. You're, you're gonna have questions about this um, that's doing research right now with um, certain devices that we've created to help us in the paranormal field. But I have, all together we have six kids, one in heaven, and I'm a massage therapist. Also, I do um, crystals and um, aromatherapy, meditation, and I'm Catholic, very staunch Catholic, and um, God helps me with everything that I do. That's awesome. Well, uh, there's a lot there to tackle, so I, uh, I think to dive in, just because my, my mind is on the subject. As you know, this season is all about psychics and, and uh, mediums and empaths and all, all of the abilities that go with that. So I'm very curious to uh, really understand what, what are your specific abilities? Like what, what, what has happened to you um, in regards to this and what have been your experiences? So I was fortunate enough to be born with my abilities and, and I call it the gift. My dad helped guide me through it. My dad has since passed, but he also had the abilities too and passed it on to me. We come from a very religious background. So God and Jesus and everything and, and pray, prayer was always part of our life in our everyday life. So as a kid, I just thought, everyone could talk to spirits that have passed over and i think i was about 12 when my dad was like no it this is this is a gift god gave you and you have to use it in a good way because um you have to honor the people that have passed just as you would honor a person here that is missing a loved one and so what happens for me is that um when a when a spirit or someone that has passed is no longer in their body form they become a light being and they operate on certain frequencies and I pick up on those frequencies. To me, it's just normal everyday stuff, just as if I was talking to you. And um, it's, I kind of like to explain it to people as a dog whistle. 
you know how if you blow a dog whistle, we can't hear it, but dogs can hear it and they react to it in a certain way. That's how I am. So I just pick up on that certain frequency. And um, we've been studying and researching those frequencies along with Tesla's formats and foundations. And we're trying to take it a step further with what we're trying to do that I can't talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can't. I'm, I'm so intrigued by these devices and the fact that uh, the basis here is Tesla who uh, has some very, very interesting to th things to say. You know, a lot of people just think of him as, you know, a scientist, inventor and, and that, but they don't know this other side to him. That's it's it's a rather spiritual side. And I I feel like, uh, you know, at some point, uh, you know, within my lifetime, like we're going to be able to bridge that gap even even so. more between yeah. the science and the spiritual, because I think we're ultimately going to find out we're talking about the same things. It is, it is the same. And our approach at FOG, with FOG, is that we take the paranormal and we do scientific research. And then we um, always try to disprove everything so that we can actually get full evidence and prove the evidence. And with my spiritual abilities and then the um, devices that we have, we link it together and then it's irrefutable. You know, you cannot say that that did not exist. Just like Ed Warren would always say, if you're in a room full of people and a spirit comes through to one person and it throws a chair, that's a matter of fact. You can dispute it all you want, but it's something that actually happened. Now, how you deal with that is, is up to you, but mm -hmm. it's there and it happened. And um, so that's how we kind of do it with our investigations is that I will go in, I will do my walkthrough, and then it helps us set up our equipment so that we can do the scientific research. So I don't just do the spiritual and just do the empathic, you know, I also know how to work every single piece of equipment that we have. Everyone on our team knows how to work specific equipment. And um, so we're well-versed in what we do. And we have a wide variety of people on our team. Right now there's six people, but we range in teachers to firefighters to um, ex-Marine, you know, and then my husband, a respiratory therapist, and I work retail full time. So, so we have a wide variety, among other things that I do as well, you know, with my massage and everything. So. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I Island of Misfit Toys there. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. And it's amazing. Absolutely. And every investigation opens new doors for us. Yeah, I bet. Well, I, I absolutely love the, uh, the fact that you guys are so gung-ho about getting that scientific backing for mm -hmm. all of this. I think that is so important to bring in, like it can't, you know, a lot of people bring, a, you know, you know, just a, a faith-based approach. And I know that you do have that aspect oh, yeah. to it, but I think it's so important, especially when bringing this information to a wider public and people that maybe, you know, are on the fence, like, you know, such as myself for a very long time, I'm, I, I, am what I consider a skeptical believer. You know, it's it's both sides because it just doesn't always fit. Sure. But when I tell you, when I see those, I, I'm I, I'm all about like like scientific reports that that back uh, uh, the paranormal. I, I am reading these things like the nerd that I am all the way through. Oh, that's how we are too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So something to it. Um, before we get too much further. 
with your abilities, with your sensitivities, I, I'm very curious about your own personal process. So you talked about how you're, you know, it's a dog whistle. You're able to, you are able to like sense those, that, that frequency, those vibrations. Yes. What, what does that actually mean for you? What does that look like? What, what abilities are you using? So usually it happens a few days before an investigation. And the way we do it is I go in cold to every investigation. So I know the place we're going to, but I don't know anything. And I choose that just so I can be unbiased and so that I'm not looking for certain things. I don't want to be able, to, I want it to come natural and I want it to flow freely. And a lot of times when we do an investigation, something will come through that no one did the research on, you know, and it'll be something that was important for that uh, spirit and that entity for me to tell a person that is there or to to tell a person that is linked to that spirit. So um, every investigation is different, but I do my walkthrough and right away they start talking to me. But I start getting the messages a few days before and they'll just randomly shoot things out. Now, I never see anything. It's always just I hear them talk to me. They make them themselves known. We do the investigation and then it's validated and we have to, so if it's an apparition or if it's, um, we've done crossovers and um, the spirit has come through and said, my name is Thomas, can you help me? And then my husband will do the crossover and we've gotten a voice saying yes, you know, and, and everything. So it's, there's a lot of things that are entailed in that, but I will do my walkthrough with one camera person and then I will tell the team where to set up our equipment and how we're going to run, run the show. And so my husband takes over then and he uh, will send people out. We never send a person out by themselves. We use all our equipment, everything, everything that you can think of we have because um, through the years we've accumulated it and we carry them in black briefcase tactical boxes. So when we come in for an investigation, people are floored because they're like, oh my goodness, what did we, you know, what did we, <laughs> what did we sign up for here? This is a crew. Very, um, very OCD and very analytical. So he sets up all the cases. We set up all our equipment and I just use myself. Like I don't have to carry anything around. I do carry a flashlight sometimes because I've noticed that when I'm in the darkness, that's when they just bombard me. And for some reason, I guess because my senses are different, you know, and my senses, my sense of sight is not being used. So then the other senses are magnified. So they bombard me good and bad. So I have yeah. to kind of watch that. So I have to carry a flashlight just in case. Boy, you know, you hear that a lot that um, a lot of people will experience these things in the dark for some reason, whatever it is, do you think that's what it has to do with? Is that just because your sense of sight is taken and everything else so. is so, yeah. Yeah, but they come to me at all times, all times of the day, nighttime is the worst. And um, that's when the, the dark ones want to come through. And I acknowledge them. I, I don't have any fear because I know that God's on my side. So I have no fear. I acknowledge them and I, then I say, you have to go you know, let me sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know. so you, you have experienced like darker entities, would you, would you necessarily uh -huh. say evil or just negative? I think there has to be a balance. 
And even God and Jesus said that too, that there has to be a balance and you have to have unconditional love. That's my main focus is unconditional love for every single spirit, every single person, and you have to honor them. So I acknowledge them when they come through and I say, you have to go. You are not welcome here. And then they know, and then they go. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm hearing primarily you, you receive your information via like a Claire audience. Is that, that's your primary sense? Yeah. Well, no, my primary sense is uh, emotion. Okay. I feel, feel everything that they want me to feel. We were visiting a friend in, in the artist field in our town, and we do a lot of, uh, we've done investigations at the artist field, and we've also done our presentations and lectures there. And so we were just there chit-chatting with one of our friends, and uh, an older gentleman was there talking with us, and his wife came through. And um, it was just so profound because he was talking about his wife and showing us pictures of when they were together, she had passed and she just hit me all of her emotion for him, all of her love for him came through and I just broke down into tears. So right away, my husband knew what was going on and I had to walk outside. I didn't want to alarm, you know, the person and everything and, and say, Hey, your wife is here. So we have to be very delicate too, whenever mm -hmm. that happens. And usually my husband, Jose, um, will be the one to tell the people because I can't, because by that time I'm so overrun with all of the spirit's emotion that want, they want me to get it out and tell them that it, it takes a lot out of me. Is it always so overwhelming? Yes, always. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I've just recently been introduced to the, uh, the concept, the understanding of an empath, basically we're talking about empathic abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone, I believe everyone has the ability to be an empath. Yeah. Empathy yeah. is something that we all possess. Now you have to open yourself up to it. You have to meditate and pray, whichever you do, you know, and, um, it all has to do with, uh, the pineal gland. So that's what, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I, I learn something new every time and I have a conversation. I love this. Yeah. And it all has to do with your chakras, whether people believe it or not, you know, your body has a system that is not like your uh, vascular system or it's, it's beyond. So it doesn't just go to your body structure. It's beyond. And we have just scratched the surface on that, you know, mm -hmm. none of us know about that. I, when I went through school to be a massage therapist, they even acknowledged the fact, um, Eastern medicine, not Western medicine, um, acknowledges the fact that there is more to you than just your physical body. You know, your aura expands way past your physical body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, the idea that we have, yeah, that we have more bodies mm -hmm. than, than the physical body, you know, you, you've got all these energetic bodies and then oh. the aspects to it, like you're absolutely right. Like with the chakras and the, and the pine, pineal gland, like you said, like these aspects that are connecting us to the, the something more something beyond ourselves. Well, um, so this is kind of strange and random. I don't know if you know about this. I was just recently told about a, a type of, of empath, and maybe you've come across it in your studies, um, a Hayoka. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's what they, well, my husband 
husband and I both have indigenous blood in us. Yeah, my husband, his indigenous is Mexica and Aztec and Mayan, you know, from Mexico, but um, I'm from Texas. So my, my grandma it was Cotto from the Cotto Nation. And um, yeah, so that's what they first, you know, labeled me as was that. And um, I don't know, but I know mine is a whole lot more spiritual, you know, because it all has to do with prayer and it all has to do with God and it all has to do with the holy bloodline, the Sangrael. <laughs> okay, okay. So I, and I have all topics to talk about when it comes to Mary Magdalene and Jesus and the holy bloodline that most people will probably dispute me over, but you know what? It, it, it doesn't matter. It yeah, really no, it doesn't. doesn't. Uh, <laughs> okay, and before I forget, I do want to ask you, what is a Mashika healer? How is that different? Um, so it's just, let's see, my husband explains it the best, but it, it's been carried down from generation to generation in his family. But what they are is they are like holistic healers. Um, and you know how indigenous people have uh, th their ways of dealing with medical issues and with um, spiritual issues and everything like that. The, the best way I can explain what Jose is, if you've seen the movie, um, The Curse of La Llorona, mm -hmm. did you see the movie? I haven't seen that one. Mm -mm. Well, the, the man that helps them, I can't remember what his name was, but I think it was Raphael. Right, anyway, that's what my husband does. He's like that man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very cool. He's just a modern day, you know, because he's a respiratory therapist and he heals people and helps people uh, on a spiritual way and then physically as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and and before we were recording, like I told you, and I, I you know, my listeners remember from that episode, um, I was just saying that it's, it's interesting to me that people that find themselves with these uh, healing capabilities, these sensitivities, uh, they often find themselves in medical professionals of some sort. So it carries over into the physical. It's like they cannot yeah. even help it. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. Falling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the exception to the rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. So you said that it, you were around about 12 years old when mm -hmm. your father was like, you know, sat you down. was like, you're, you're it's a little different okay not yeah. everybody is seeing or feeling what this is what what were some of those earliest experiences and and were you frightened by them was it just so normal no. to you it was fine um i would have prolific dreams that's how it started mm. and so i would tell my dad about the dreams and i would say hey i talked to grandpa you know last night and he's like well he's in heaven you know so no but my dad never said this, this is a bunch of, you know, no, you're just imagining things. He always cultivated it and he always protected me. And throughout my life, when my dad passed away, then my two sons would protect me because they knew about it. And now my husband protects me. And it's, it's just a very delicate thing that most people, you know, are very scared of. So we have to be very careful when we talk about, you know, my, my abilities and everything. So. And I always want to honor God and honor the, the spirits that have passed. So I never try to, I've never in my life used a Ouija board and I don't do tarot cards or, or anything like that, you know? So I feel like that's for people that 
don't have abilities that are seeking the abilities. And sometimes when they do that, they open up a portal that they can't close. So. Okay. Is, is that the biggest um, thing maybe to fear with like those, you know, divination tools is that it's going to, it's going to open a, a portal or a window no. that they can't close I have when it comes to anything mm -hmm. I have because I know. Yeah. I already know. And I don't need that. So I've never had to use it because I can already do what they are trying to do with those div divining tools. <laughs> I don't need oh. it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your paranormal investigation cool. team, okay. FOG. <laughs> All right. So you were telling me um, a few of the, the people that, that make this up. It's it's yourself. You joined about five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, your husband and Tim was mm -hmm. his name. They started it a long time ago, and then Tim kind of broke away from the team, and then now he's back. He's been back for a couple of months now, and it's amazing because he's the one that is doing um, his research and everything on on the different. Um on the devices the devices with the devices with no <laughs> name shall not be named <laughs> oh wow so he's an inventor yes well he was a marine and um yeah yeah we have two marines actually on our team yeah one is a firefighter now and then tim uh works for government and yeah You'll, you'll have to keep me posted on that. That is so interesting. I just had a guest. He's he's an author and a, a spiritual medium uh, who wrote a book, Revelation. You might be interested in reading that because okay. that's uh, he, he talks about uh, his main characters invent a device that proves the existence of the afterlife 100 percent beyond doubt awesome. it was very it was a fascinating book very good oh, so <laughs> all right so are you the only um sensitive on the team i mean i know your, your husband um, has some jose has certain sensitivities but i'm the only one that has yeah the superpower that's what they say they call <laughs> the me archangel we all have team names Right, we have Ghost Rider and we have uh, Batman because my husband is obsessed with Batman. If you could look in this room, our office, there's Batman everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so cool! Everyone has a name. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And for Tesla too, because it has to do with energy and arcs and you know all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what kind of investigations or events do you guys take part in? Oh, we do everything. We've done the Pythian Castle in Springfield, Missouri. In fact, it was uh, two years ago, almost to the day that we've done that. We did it with, we did that investigation since the building was so huge and it was a big, we live in Wyoming. So we had to travel very far and it was with two other teams that we did an investigation there. Mm -hmm. And we got evidence there and um, we do local things here in our town. Mm, we've investigated almost every, uh, every old building downtown. <laughs> um, we, we go anywhere. We have gone anywhere and we will go to people's houses too and help them and pray for them and, you know, do our blessings. And that's what I love to do. That's interesting. I know a lot of, um, you know, paranormal investigation teams um, sometimes have issues getting into locations, you know, 
period. Um, and right. I know a couple of teams that won't even do uh, residential, like they, they don't want anything to do with that because, you know, there's a bit of risk that you're right. taking on with that. It just kind of right. depends on how you're approaching it. But uh, what is that? What is that process when you're when you're approaching or are approached to go into a residence? Um, so how, how does that play out? I feel like if they have contacted us, then they are, you know, we are their last resort. That they have gotten to the point to where it's not just a bump in the night and it's not just, you know, a light flickering here and there. That it's something that they really need help with. And I am a firm believer, like Lorraine Warren was, that if anybody calls me at any time of the night or day, I'm going to answer because I am their lifeline to help them to understand what is actually transpiring. So I don't ever turn anyone down because I feel like they reached out to me and I have to see it through for them. Now, there are times when we're exhausted because we've worked a full day's work and Jose will be like, do we have to go? And I'm like, yes, we do. We have to help the people. Just like Lorraine, you know, she never said no. And I feel like that's, I have to do that because that's what, if God gave me that gift, then I have to use it in a good way. And to me, I feel like connecting with people in their own home, because it takes a lot of trust for them to invite you into their safe space, you know, and, and that's our whole goal is to make sure that it's a safe space for them again. Hello, my name is Jordan Klein, and I am the host of Fireside Paranormal Podcast. If you're into ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, the unknown, then pull up a chair and join me by the fire as we hear real stories from real people. Each episode, I interview paranormal investigators, authors, experts, and legends in their field. Here at Fireside Paranormal Podcast, we have something for everyone. If you're an experienced researcher or if you're just getting into it, we have a spot for you. We're found anywhere you listen to podcasts. So grab your friends, tune in, and remember, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, you talked about, mentioned something crossover earlier, um, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not sure I, I caught it correctly. Are you specifically talking about you're your crossing spirits over into yes. the light? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. How, how do you guys go about doing that? What's your process? Um, first, they have to want it, and they have to ask for it. And when they tell me that, then Jose takes over because he says certain prayers, He's not ordained. We don't do, you know, like exorcisms or anything like that. Um, we know that if it gets to that point and it, it's a malevolent spirit, then we have to seek the people that specialize in that kind of stuff. And we don't specialize in that kind of stuff. But if it has to do with a spirit that is asking for our help, then I'm going to help that spirit. And my husband says certain prayers to help them cross over to go to heaven and then they tell us thank you and then that's how i know that it's done what uh, what types of entities have you encountered on your investigations so well it's all different kind it's a wide i i get children that will oh. come to me and talk oh, to wow. me um, yeah. there are certain places and in the town that if i drive past i will see people waving to me and I'll feel them and they'll, they'll say, you know, this is who I am. Tell my mama that I'm okay and stuff like that. So anybody, older people, um, because 
our town is like a cowboy town. You know, we're in Cheyenne, Wyoming. A lot of the historic buildings that we've investigated have been, you know, a couple of them had to do with Tom Horn. I don't know if you're familiar with Tom Horn, but just like, you know, cowboys and, and rebels and stuff like that. But um, also there was a man, his spirit was following us for four investigations. And he would always talk to me and tell me things and and help me and then at nighttime I would hear him walking down our street and I could hear his spurs like you know how spurs when you uh walk clang mm-hmm. and you could hear like change in his pocket and he would be whistling and I'm like oh it's whistler again you know and then when we did the um, investigation of the downtown um railroad depot we had a historian that was with us and she's an amazing person. Her name is Jill Pope and she's written several books on the paranormal and in Wyoming and of the United States, just ghosts of Wyoming and ghosts of the United States. And um, she got to like verify who this guy was because I explained to her who he was and we did the crossover for him. And I, cried like a baby when we crossed him over because you know my work was done his work was done he helped us and I just I cried because I mourn the loss of them because I have to go through all of their emotions and then I have to deal with the people's emotions that they're connected to yeah and then my emotions as a person and I'm just like wow my friend just left you know so um yeah so they verified they got his name so now I know his name Mm-hmm. And he was a, um, I think like a sheriff back in 1869, I think. And um, he was shot by a escaped convict. And so he was killed at the depot. And that's why that was it. And he crossed over and now I don't see him anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. there's got to, there's got to be a bittersweet element to that too. And not just sadness and loss, just, uh, no, there's you know, amazing things that happen too. I'm going to tell you a story about how I met my husband. Okay. Um, I had no clue who he was and we lived in the same town all of his life. He's lived in the same town and I've been here for almost 20 years and we never crossed paths. And then one day I was at a birthday party and one of my friends does tarot readings and she was like, come on, Angel, just sit down and, and everything. And I'm like, you know, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, well, are you ready to fall in love and meet the love of your life? And I said, yeah, right. (laughs) Cause I am not even looking. And so she was like, well, it's happening. And he's going to be right around the corner. And I said, whatever, go do somebody else, do a reading on somebody else. And I just didn't think about it. And so my my kids, now my boys are right now, they are 27 and 28. And they put me about six years ago on a dating website. And I was like, I don't know, I'm scared of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to do it. How do I get this off my phone? Like, I don't, I keep getting messages and I don't want to read it. So I was scrolling through that website trying, because uh, I called the customer, you know, service and stuff like that. And they were like, you have to scroll down to the bottom. You have to select certain things. And I, I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then boom, I saw his face and I was like, no, this guy cannot be real. <laughs> he cannot uh. be just around the corner. <laughs> he lived one street over from where I lived. 
So he was just around the corner. Oh, so wow. I had to thank my friend for that. But I said, nah, you just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just reached out to him. I texted him and I said, listen, I'm on this dating website. I don't know how to get off. I'm in the process right now of trying to get off the dating website. But here's my number. If you want to call me, text me. You know, if you want, I'll be working out at the gym tonight. And he was like, what gym? And I said, Gold's Gym. And he goes, I'm going to the gym tonight too. And I said, okay, cool. Afterwards, we can go get Chick-fil-A. And so we went to the park. We had Chick-fil-A. And that's how we met. And when he proposed to me, we were at the park on that same bench, park bench. And when we got married, we took pictures on that same park bench because it, it's important to us. <laughs> and we do selfies every, every Friday night. We have date night and we do date night selfies. So if you're on Facebook, you'll see he posts all those selfies. But anyway, on our, one of our first dates, I came to his house and he was mowing the lawn. And I was like, well, I'm Italian. And this is what I want to do for you. I want to cook an Italian meal for you. I brought all the stuff. So you just continue doing what you're doing. I'm going to cook the food. And then when it's ready, I'll call you and you can come in and we'll have a good dinner. And so as I'm preparing the food, I hear this voice, you know, my ear starts ringing and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the voice was like, I'm Raphael. I'm Raphael. And I'm like, okay, buddy. And I could tell because of the frequency that it was a child. And I was like, okay, buddy, cool. And he's like, are you the mama? Are you my mama? And I'm like, well, I am a mama. And so that was all he told me. But then my, my husband has uh, a little tap light. It's like one of those uh, wax melt tap light things, you know, that lights up and it kept going on and off. And I'm like, okay, Raphael, I get it. Okay. I just need to know who you are, you know? So, and I didn't want to alarm Jose. So Jose came in, we were eating our dinner and I said, Hey, you know, that tap light over there that you have. And he goes, yeah, that, there's something wrong with it. I'm going to take it back because it keeps going on and off. And I said, please don't. That's Raphael. And he dropped his fork and dropped his food and started crying. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. Okay. He's going to say he doesn't want to see me. Anymore. <laughs> you know? And so he was like, Raphael is my son that passed in childbirth. Oh. And I'm like, well, he's here. He's here. And he turns that light on to tell you he loves you and that he's here. And my husband was just so excited. And he goes, do you, you do know what I do, right? And I'm like, well, you just found out what I do. So I can understand if you, you know, you don't want to see me anymore. This is usually the time when guys are like, oh, I'm out. So he was like, no, do you know what I do? And I said, yeah, you are a respiratory therapist. You know, you work for the VA. And he's like, uh, no. The other thing that I do, and I'm like, no, I have no clue why, <laughs> you know, and I was like <laughs> nervous. And he goes, I'm a paranormal investigator. And I'm like, oh, what is a paranormal investigator? You know, like I had an idea. I've seen Ghostbusters, you know, mm -hmm. and then I've seen um, the, <laughs> who am what? I uh, Like, uh, like sorry, is it the show Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, like that? Yeah. One that runs around all the time and and makes his friend go, oh dang it, well whatever. <laughs> anyway, I knew about that, right? And uh, so I was like, well, that's cool. And he goes, 
we're going to do one in a couple of weeks. Do you want to go? And I'm like, mm, I don't want to get in the way. And he's like, no, I think you should go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, you know, whatever you need me to do, I just want to learn. And so I had no clue. And then that's how it all started. And we did our first investigation. And after the investigation, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. Does this always happen? I asked one of the girls and the girl was like, uh, no, Angel, you took it to the next level. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But yeah, so there are some happy times. Like Jose's dad always communicates with me. My dad always communicates with me. In fact, they're together. So the two dads are together and they orchestrated this whole thing. That's what they like to say. Oh, wow. (laughs) But yeah, it's magical and it's beautiful. And you help people, it's amazing. I mean, from the from the sounds of it, my my impulsive feeling to it is that this all feels very orchestrated by yeah. something something yeah, more. You guys were meant to meet, yes. meant to be together, we were meant to help everybody, and to to just put that out there and to you know make it okay because people just need to know that it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's not scary. Your family members are still there; they still see you, and that's a hard thing, especially for people that can't see what I see and feel what I feel. So mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, make people understand that they're not gone and we'll see them again. Well, you know, in a story like that too, um, is, is very convincing if, of somebody who may be on the fence looking at it from the outside in, like, okay, if this stuff is real, then, you know, why doesn't, why don't I ever see anything? Why does nothing ever happen? Like, why can't they, you know, flip a light on or give me a sign of some sort Um, and it's just kind of case in point just how strongly the spiritual side can be involved in your life and and kind of working behind the scenes too yeah and sometimes they have to give you time to mourn when they pass so that's the reason why sometimes they don't come across it may take a couple of years it may take five years you know and and you don't know and it's the little things you always have to look for the little things that signify that they're with you because to some people it may be trivial but you know to you it could be something very important like for me and my dad when he comes across he always leaves change laying around because he was the kind of person that would empty out his pockets at the end of the day he was just an old texas cowboy and he would empty out his pockets and just put his change everywhere and when I would clean his house for him, I would be like, daddy, man, you need to count all this money because you probably have a hundred dollars, you know? And so um, he's like, yep, every penny counts, you know? And he would always say that every penny counts. And so whenever I see a penny, I'm like, mm, thanks dad. <laughs> and so I pick it up and I give it to my mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, well, that was I think that was a great way to kind of end our our segment uh, talking together, but we are getting near the end of the episode. Um, This time always goes by so fast, but before I let you go, I I warned you, I've got a little speed round question segment for you. So just some random questions I I came up with and they're just, you know, kind of quick fire answers. Yeah, I mean, talk as long as you want, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically the final segment. So I will jump in uh, first question for you. Is there anything to truly fear within the world of the supernatural? Nope. You should never have fear in your heart because this is what God used to always tell me, Jesus, or whatever you believe in, the higher power. The opposite of unconditional love is not hate, it's fear. 
And so you should always never, never be fearful because God's got you. God's got you. Okay. He loves everybody, even the bad people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Is there a simple recommendation you can make for paranormal investigators to better protect themselves? Yes. Um, What we do, and it doesn't necessarily have to be prayer because some people don't believe in that and they have their path and we have our path but we say a prayer before every investigation with the whole team and jose will anoint us with holy water and also will burn sage around all of us and um we always tell the spirits that are there we mean no harm um and then we say the saint michael prayer and then afterwards and you should also too um do certain precautions after an investigation so that you don't get any attachments on you and everything. Uh, we always shower. Uh, we always take off our clothes and then, you know, wash our clothes and um, spiritually as well. We'll, you know, do our prayers. If you pray, we have a wide variety of people on our team. Uh, we have one that is pagan, one that um, isn't quite sure what she believes in. And then Jose and I are, are Roman Catholic and um, one that's just Christian. Okay. So yes, there is. Even if it's just um, that you have a routine that you do before every investigation. Some people, if you don't believe in God, just do your routine and be in in the moment and think about every single thing. Even if it's like how you're going to set up your equipment, what you're going to do. Even um, as far as like putting on your clothes and saying, this is my armor, you know, against the spirits that are malevolent. And that's what we do. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, that's very good advice. Um, All right. And then a little bit more advice. Uh, Do you have any for um, empaths or people with those types of sensitivities who are having a hard time handling their gift? Yes. It took me... uh, I think I was 32 when I was able to fully handle it. And there are still moments and there are times when I get up in the middle of the night and it's always at 2.30, 3 o'clock around that time. And I'm like, man, Jose, I'm going to have to leave the bedroom. And I pace back and forth and then I calm myself down and then I'm like, okay, you can't do this. And I start praying the rosary, um, like the rosary that's right here. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. the- yeah, yeah that, that, that'll be my final question. Okay, please continue. <laughs> okay. And then um, I kind of just make it to where I'm okay and I can go back to sleep. So there are certain techniques you have to do, but I firmly believe in prayer or meditation, whichever one you believe in the most. And that has gotten me so far. And also um, it goes along with the Tesla and all the research that we're doing is solfeggio frequencies. Mm-hmm. and um like binaural beats have you ever like listened to those meditative uh things you know i, I have beats? yeah because that will open up and it will open up your chakras and your pineal gland so that will help as well now you have to make sure as an empath that you're not wide open because if you're wide open then that's going to open you up to everything and you have to have your blocks like for me when i go to work since i work retail kind of hard to listen to spirit and also you know help a customer (laughs) so I have to tell them and put up my block and say listen before I come to work you can talk to me 
after I leave that door, you can talk to me. But once I walk through that door, you, it's hands off. You know, yeah. you have to give me that. And it's just constant, constant meditation and prayer. Help center yourself. You have to center yourself because it does take a lot out of you. Even Lorraine Warren used to say that it would take a lot out of her. It took her a couple of days to recuperate. And that's what happens to me too. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe she left herself a little too open because she just so much wanted to help. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I hear that. Okay, okay, final, final question. Okay. Please, please tell us, uh, audience listening, or if you're watching the, the Zoom, uh, I might put clips of this up on YouTube. Um, she has this really wonderful tattoo on her wrist. It's a rosary. Please tell us about that. Okay, so hopefully Judy Spera will hear this or her husband, Tony. But shortly after Lorraine passed away, I was on an investigation. And one of the things that I never knew, but my husband told me after the fact, was that Lorraine would carry her rosary with her when she would go on investigations. And that's something that I always did. I had my medals here, and then I would always have my rosary in my hand. And um, people that do investigations with us know the signs, like when I'm picking up on spirit, and they'll see me grab my necklace like this, or they'll see me rub my rosary. So that night we did an investigation. I could not find my rosary. And then I, it broke after we found it. And so I just, I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Buy another one. And so that night I went to sleep and I woke up at 2.30 again. And um, on the foot of my bed was Lorraine Warren in the flesh. And she looks at me. And she grabs her cross that she had around her neck. And I was like, I know, I, I broke my rosary. Now what am I going to do? And then she taps to her wrist like that. And I'm like, how did she know I was thinking of getting a tattoo? How did she know that? But it was her way of saying, I see what you're doing. You're doing great. You need to get that tattoo so you can never lose your rosary again so that it's always with you. So I did. And I had um, one of our cousins, he hand did every single bead. So it wasn't a stencil. It was all hand drawn. And it was we it took us two days, but it's very intricate. If you can see like it has filigree and every single bead that is supposed to go every single way. It is. So it's it's just prayer. so intricate and so beautiful. I love yeah. it. Love so the love the art story. of it. So Lorraine came to see me and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and a w wonderful so story. Yeah, yeah, no, wonderful story to, to end this, uh, to wrap this all up. Um, I, you know, I, I've just really enjoyed our conversation today. I've, I've got to have uh, you and uh, maybe Jose next time oh, on and, and we can go into so all the other stuff that I, I know we, we missed today and had to brush past. He's but... a much better speaker than I am. No, <laughs> like you, you, you were perfect. You were perfect, Angel. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, how can folks find out more about you, follow you, uh, learn about FOG, and uh, okay. attend any so, lectures or events? So uh, we do have lectures coming up because it's Hispanic Heritage Month, and Jose is, he falls under that umbrella. He does lectures on um, Hispanic folklore. So it's Mexican folklore along with Cuban and, and a lot of different places, but he talks about La Llorona, he talks about El Cadejo, he talks about the, the Dogman and Chupacabra and just a bunch of different things like that. 
he's a great storyteller. So it's going to be at um, the Artist Guild in Cheyenne, Wyoming, sometime in October. And we're thinking of doing a live stream on one of our investigations on Halloween. Mm -hmm. So be looking for that. We're on Facebook and it's Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group. And then um, we're also on YouTube. We had to change our YouTube. So if you look up Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group, you'll find us because you'll see our logo. Okay. See it here. Yeah. Yeah. The skull with the the anagram, the HOV. And um, yeah. So that's mainly the best way to find us. Okay. Facebook because Jose will answer right away because he controls the fog page and then on YouTube. Okay. Okay. And I, I'll, of course, link uh, anything that you want down below so I can include those as well. Okay. Um, okay. Well, what is, uh, what's the final thought you would like to leave us all with today? I just want everyone to know that if, if you live your life with unconditional love and have no fear because God's got you and um, just try to be the best person that you can be and always honor the people that have passed because they're still here. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Angel Gonzalez, it has been a pleasure, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. I think it is so cool. I got to wrap up September with such an interesting, thoughtful, experienced guest. And there are so many more to come next month. I've got extra conversations galore heading your way. Going to be an exciting month and a really fun way to usher in Halloween this year. I have included all links to learn more about my guest and to check out the work she and her team are doing in the show notes. And of course, check out the links I've included for more information on Whitman County Humane Society's Cat Match Fever event and other opportunities for members of my audience who want to get involved. That is going to do it for today. Join me next week for another educational foray into the topic of psychics and mediums. Are we covering Stargate, the Fox Sisters, and unclaimed million dollars? Be sure you have that download option for the show selected wherever you are listening. That not only helps me with keeping track of my download numbers, kind of an important thing for podcasters to know, but it also helps you out by notifying you when a new episode drops. James Randi, Yuri Geller, are we talking tools of the psychic trade? Nobody knows, but you will once you receive that notification. Until next week. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.